Amen and amen and amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. <laughs> so I was going to, you know, at the uh, beginning of the week, you know, continue on to finish up. I am the true vine, but the Lord led me in a different direction. So we'll figure out one day if he brings us back to that. But uh, let's turn to uh, Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to go to Hebrews chapter 11 first and then uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Before I forget, because I know I'll probably forget, uh, Bible study Wednesday will be Luke 22. We're not going to do the whole chapter, but we're going to do verses 1 through 38 because that's a long chapter. All right. So verses 1 through 38. If you want to read the whole chapter, that's great. <laughs> it's 70 plus verses. All right. Hebrews chapter 11. We there? Yes. Amen. Amen. All right. We're looking at verse 8. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Verse 12. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born as many as the stars of the sky and multitude innumerable as the sand which is the seashore, which is by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Verse 14. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. So that word homeland in the Greek actually means one's native, or actually also means heavenly home. Verse 15. And truly, if they had called to mind that country for which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. How many know God has prepared a city for us as well? Amen. All right. Amen. Let's turn to Second Timothy chapter 3. Second Timothy chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. Second Timothy chapter three, for your table of contents. <laughs> There's no shame in that. Amen. We there? Amen. All right. Second Timothy chapter three, beginning at verse one, we'll read to verse five. And I'm sorry, I'm reading from the New King James Version. But know this that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderous. Without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and, and from such people turn away. Amen. Amen. So, you know, like we read in Hebrews 11, that God prepared a city for us. 
right? And, and I guess the title of this message would be, I'm homesick. Mm. I, 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 I am homesick, yes. right? And it's okay to be homesick, right? Because we're strangers, we're pilgrims in this world. And we have to understand. So, you know, when I was, the Lord was dropping this in my spirit this week, he, he reminded me of a few stories. And one particular, I remember when I was out, eight or nine. I grew up in New York City, for those that don't know. I grew up in, born and raised in the Bronx, New York. And just to give you an idea from where I was from, my area was made up into five sections. I was in the last section, section five, and in, just in my section alone, we had 19 buildings. That's not including townhouses and ho houses on the outskirts in, in the back. But 16 of those 19 buildings had 26 floors. My building, along with two others that were in a circle, had 33 floors. I lived on 18 floors. So you had 12 apartments on each floor, right? So coming from the city, uh, and I don't know if my mom intended to do this or it just happened to be that way, but, you know, before I got in ninth grade, I had the privilege to travel places. I, I had the privilege to travel to the Virgin Islands, Jamaica, but I remember being about 8, 9, maybe 10, and she sent me to a camp. And the camp was designed for uh, underprivileged city kids to go to different states or even to upstate New York. That's where I went, upstate New York. And we would stay with the family. And it was designed to expose us to life outside the city. Right? So here I was, young black kid, growing up in New York. And I get sent, I get put on a train to go up to Rome, New York. And Rome, New York, I, and I looked at the population race, it's about 33,000 people. My section probably alone had more than that, right? So not counting the five, and that's not even counting all the Bronx of where I was from. So I, I, I travel up there, and I stay with a family, right? And it's all white family, all white community, and they expose me to good things. Right? They exposed me to stuff that I would never have gotten an opportunity to be exposed to by being in the city. So what do I mean? That was, probably, that was my first time going onto a military base, seeing fighter jets take off. First time going out on a lake, uh, going on a boat ride, uh, going to a, a cabin to go camping, and it was a good thing. Right? So going back to New York, I get there, well, as I grow up, going back to New York, um, I had a friend in high school, we were, on a, we were on a football team together when I met him, a guy named Stewart. He'd never been outside of New York City. He'd barely been out of the Bronx, right? So all he knew was what he was exposed to in the city, where I was exposed to a lot of things. But going back to when I was a kid, even though they did good things and I had somewhat fun, I missed home. I miss home. I miss being in my room. Not that I miss my family, but I miss my friends. <laughs> I miss going outside to play. I didn't have, you know, those are things that I miss. Anybody ever been homesick before? Yeah. You know, it, it's not a pleasant feeling, right? But, you know, to God be the glory. And like I said, I got to experience something new. So, like I said, I got exposed to certain things. So, as we are in this world, as we are in this earth, we get exposed to things that, guess what? God never intended for us to be exposed to. When he created the heavens and the earth, when he created the earth, he never intended for us to be exposed to 
things like fornication, drunkenness, adultery, things like that. He never, that, that wasn't his intent. Right? But because of Adam, what, now we, we get exposed to things, right? And you know what? I thought about it this week. We can't just blame Adam because we're all guilty. Right? None of us come out of the room perfect. Right? We have people who are drunkards, who've been drunk, fornicators, adulterers in here, former drug addicts, all these things that we have, plus more, liars. Right? Even if you've never done any other things, I guarantee you, you lie. <laughs> As a polygraph examiner, I can promise you, everyone on this earth has lied. <laughs> that can talk. <laughs> I can promise you for a fact. Okay? But that's another topic. All right. So, you know, we see the things going on in this world. You know, 2 Timothy chapter 3 talked about perilous times. And I talked about that a few weeks ago on a Wednesday, how that word perilous means hard to take. It means hard to take. And sometimes we can be like that old Calgon commercial. Young people probably don't remember that. Take me away. Thank you. Calgon take. And we're like, Lord, take me away. Right? But the Lord is not ready for us to go yet. Why? Because... Like the old patriots old, we're pilgrims and we're strangers. We're passing through, right? We're in the world, but we're not of the world, right? And it's like I talked about before, we're not supposed to fit in. We're supposed to be odd in this world. Why? Because God is God, but Satan is the ruler of this world. So everything goes according to his pattern. But as God's light, when he calls us, he calls us to be separate like he wanted Israel to be separate. Right? And it's okay for us to be homesick. And so you may say, well, son, how can you be homesick when you've never been to heaven? Well, all of our spirits have come from heaven. Amen. That's number one. Number two, the Bible doesn't say a whole lot about heaven, but it tells us some things. Right? The Bible tells us what? That we don't have to worry about the sun and the moon. Why? Because the glory of the Lord is going to light up heaven. Right? The Bible tells us we're going to be praising and worshiping the Lord. In heaven, right? The Bible tells us, guess what? Those saints, the old patriarchs who are gone before us, Hebrews 12 and 1, they're cheering us on right now. Saying, don't give up. What else? That we'll be walking on transparent streets of gold. Right? So we know these things. So as we read these things, it is okay for us to be homesick. There's nothing wrong with that. Right? So with all the things, all these wars, all these illnesses, all this disease, we know it's the sign of the times. We're warned of this by Paul and and Timothy and we're warned by Jesus himself. We read it this week on Wednesday, right? Luke chapter 21. That these things but you know what? What? We we know that these are the things that are part of the last days. But it doesn't mean Jesus is coming right then and there. Why? Because the last days according to the scriptures is from when Jesus was resurrected until he returns again. And these are things that we have to remember. So as we're walking through these times, as the saints before us as well, saints that will come after us, like state missionary back there. <laughs> right? We're always going to be strangers and pilgrims in this world. Yes. Right? We're going to be against things that take place in this world, but it doesn't mean we rise up out of our flesh. We follow the ways of Christ. Amen. Yes. Why? Because Christ was passing through. He was a stranger. He was a pilgrim. Guess what? He was ready to go too. Yeah, that's right. Why? Because he had a plan. He had a plan. And guess what? He's got a plan for each and every one of us. He has promises for each and every one of us. Mm-hmm. But when we say, oh, 
Jesus, take me away. I'm ready to go. We don't fulfill that plan. And Lord knows we can't take our lives. Right? Because suicide is a loss of hope. But Jesus is hope. <laughs> yeah, so no matter what we're facing in this world, no matter what's going on in Russia, Ukraine, I was about to say Iraq, Israel, <laughs> Israel and Gaza, Jesus is still Lord. Jesus is still Lord. See, the enemy is not that concerned about taking us out. He wants us to grow weary. He wants us to grow weary where we will just give up. But we can't grow weary. We have to remember we're strangers. We're pilgrims just passing through. And we, we have a mission to do what the Lord has called each and every one of us. To do. We don't all have the same mission. I know what my mission is. You got to know what your mission is. Right? But again, no matter what our mission is, we're pilgrims, we're strangers, yes. just passing through. Yeah. Right? So regardless of what goes on, regardless how weary we may get, Jesus said this in Matthew eleven twenty eight: 28, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That word labor means to be weary, to be tired, exhausted. Yes, physically, but it can also be us in our soul and spirit. So when we get tired, we go to Jesus. When we get weary, we go to Jesus. Amen. So now, this is why I say we got to turn the news off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not that you can't watch it. That's why she laughing because I always get on her. <laughs> Not that you can't watch it at all, but you shouldn't be watching it every day because the news is full of bad news. Why? Because it's human nature to gravitate towards bad news. The news knows that. We will gravitate to somebody getting shot and hearing that stuff more so than some girl selling Girl Scout cookies. That's just the human nature for most people. Right? And it's a shame that we do that, but they recognize that. The enemy recognizes that. This is why movies are made the way they are because he's trying to paint a picture in our mind, the canvas of our mind, movies, songs, TV shows, videos, Social media, all that stuff designed to paint a can. Well, I remember, actually, I wasn't a kid. I was an adult. We were married. <laughs> but uh, I was watching a, a Christian show one day. It was, a, it was a child show. And the young boy wanted to watch uh, a horror movie. And his parents kept saying, don't watch the horror movie. Don't, nope, nope, nope. And he said, well, I don't know why I can't watch it. I don't know why I can't watch it. So guess what he does? He sneaks and he watches it. Then he's messed up. The next day. And they're looking at him at the breakfast table. Well, what's wrong with you? Um, well, I watched the movie you told me not to watch. Right? And they went back and explained to him again why they didn't want him to watch it. Why? Because now he will forever have that image in his head. No matter how old he gets. I can remember being a kid and I'm going to see the poltergeist. Yeah. Oh. Those images are still stuck in my head. Because the enemy knows that. This is why he tells us to abstain from the appearance of evil. Because our minds are a map. It's a canvas. So whatever we place before us is painting the picture. Right? This is why he gives us the word. To paint that picture in us. So in these times we are living in, it would, look, it's going to take faith. All the things that we have, all the things that we see in this world, it's going to take faith because if we don't have faith, we're going to give up. And that's what Hebrews 11 is about. 
Guess what? They stayed in faith. Even Look, God promised Abraham and Sarah a city, but they dwelt in tents. They didn't see the numbers of their descendants, the number of the seashore, the sand on the seashore. They didn't get to see that. But guess what? They still died in faith. Right? So we still have to pray for other people. Right? Because even if we go, our prayers are still in the atmosphere. As long as we're staying in faith. Right? So, yeah. Hold tight. So I had a grandmother that was praying for me. <laughs> right? So she, 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 she's long since passed before I even got saved. Right? But the baton was passed in my life. Right? So it's by faith. We can't give up. So no matter our loved ones, our friends, our co we still pray. Even though we don't see it, we don't look at the natural. Praise God. We still stay in faith. And even if we're going, our prayers are still out there in the atmosphere. Why? Because we serve a God that will answer our prayers. Yes. Amen. Let's turn to John 17. I'm not going to get through this today. So we'll come back to Hebrews probably next week. Because we probably won't get out of John. John 17. And we will begin at verse 6. And we will go through most of this chapter. We there? Yeah, All right. John chapter 17. I said 17, right? Okay. This should be one of our favorite chapters in the Bible. Amen. Why? Because Jesus prayed for us. Out of all the chapters in the Bible, Jesus prayed for us. So this should always be one of our favorite chapters to read. All right. Begin at verse 6. I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. So Jesus is praying to the Father now. He's saying, look, you gave them to me. God the Father has brought us to Jesus. We know that no one can come to the Father except through Jesus Christ. But John 6.44 tells us that, that uh, we are drawn to him by the Father. So he's saying, look, Father, you have given them, you have given the disciples to, to me. And he's saying, Phil, Marie, Mother Maria, God has drawn us to Jesus as well. He has called us. Right? But we, we heard the call. Some ignored it. Some may hear it later. But we heard the call. Let's keep going. And they have kept your word. Verse 7. Now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you. For I have given, given to them the words which you have given me. And they have received them. And have known surely that I came from you. And they have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world. He's not saying we can't pray for the world. Yes. But guess what? We should pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ first. Hallelujah. We forget that sometimes. We forget that because now we start to focus in on our natural families a lot of times. But Jesus said, what? Who is my mother? Who is my brother? But we forget that. So we should be praying for each other. Not only those in here, but every Christian believer out there. Why? Because we haven't made in America. We haven't made in America. Because there are some Christians overseas that are being raped, murdered, taken into slavery just for being a Christian. 
And we need to pray that their faith fail or not. But what do we do? We pray for blessings and all this stuff in America. No, we got to pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ. And we have to always remember that. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. And all are mine. Excuse me. And all mine are yours, and yours are mine. And I am glorified in them. So he's saying, look, and all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified. There is no division between God the Father, the Son, or the Holy Spirit. That's right. So guess what? There should be no division in the body of Christ. That's right. But we have it all the time. Why shouldn't there be no division? Look at verse 11. Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to you. Holy Father, keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are. So we should be one like the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But are we in the body of Christ like that? Nope. Nope, because I have this church here, I have this church here, right, but we should be one. We should be working unified. And some of the reasons why churches can't get together because pastors are so busy trying to steal people. And it shouldn't be like that. And I talked to y'all about it before. It should never be anybody, any born-again believer, say, my church is the best church. That should never come from a born-again believer. Because we're one body. So if we say my church is the best church, now we're causing division. And that's what the enemy wants. But we're supposed to be one. I don't care if you go visit another church. I know you're not going to get the word that you get here. That's not... That's not oh, I mean, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me... That's not me being cocky. I, I just have a gift. And there's other people with the same giftings. Right? We just teach differently. Okay? We just teach differently. So I wasn't trying to be arrogant with that. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Right. Where is that? 12. Verse 12. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. I kept them in your name. I kept them in your name. I kept them in. This is Jesus. Praying. I kept them in your name, Father. Not in New Life Kingdom Builders Ministries name. Amen. That's right. Not in Joy Ministries name. I kept them. That goes back to one body. I kept them in your name. We're supposed to be one. Amen. But yet we have churches doing sneaky stuff all the time. Uh -huh. Hey, don't tell Rasan you're coming over here. I don't care, though. <coughs> I'm not intimidated. I know what God called me to do. I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me, I have kept. And none of them is lost except the son of perdition that the scripture might be fulfilled. So perdition means utter destruction and waste. So Judas had, you know, the, the scriptures, again, had to be fulfilled. The scriptures pointing out that there will be a betrayer. Even though Jesus loved Judas, and we read in Psalms that Jesus trusted Judas, he knew Judas was going to betray him. So Judas was damned to destruction already. But see, Jesus loved on him, but get this. 
It wasn't the Pharisees. It wasn't the devil. It was what was in Judas's heart already. See, we can't blame other people for when we do things. It's what's in our hearts. Right? And this goes back again to the sin nature. What's in your heart? We, we can't blame anybody because we're going to stand before the judgment seat one day. Every one of us. Born again or not born again. And we're going to have to answer for the things that we did. That's right. Now, when we're, when we're born again, we're covered by the blood. So he won't see the son. <laughs> He's going to see me by the blood of Christ. That's right. But if I'm sneaking out, doing stuff, God knows. See, we can only get away with stuff for so long. But then judgment is coming. And see, the thing is, tomorrow's not promised to us. We think that, hey, I'm going to wake up, I'm going to do this. No, tomorrow's not promised to us. Regardless of what we may hear, well, you know what? You declare to God. Okay, keep declaring. <laughs> keep declaring. Uh, Thirteen. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. So Jesus prayed, so it is a promise that we may have his joy. See, it takes faith to continue as strangers and pilgrims in this world, but it takes the joy of the Lord. Why? Because when we get weary, now we go before him, and guess what? Now we have strength to continue on. So we can't mope. <laughs> right? So sometimes we just got to get before the Lord and just praise and worship him ourselves. No matter how many messages you listen to, and I'm a word guy, it doesn't matter. Sometimes you just got to get in his presence and just praise and worship him yourself. You got to get in your closet and you have to spend time with him. This is where the strength comes from. And now we have the joy of the Lord. So now we can continue to go on to the next day. Yes, See, so even the days we get weary, even the days we get tired. Now we can go back and pray. And now we rejuvenate it again. Right. And we can't get caught up in, oh, well, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to watch this. No, you might need to get up and go and praise and worship for a little bit. But I can't sing. And everybody's in now. Who cares? <laughs> Tell me to get out. <laughs> Especially if the house is in your name. <laughs> you don't like it? Go out for a little bit. Come back. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm being serious, but I'm, yeah, I'm joking. <laughs> All right, verse 14. Uh, yeah, verse 14. I have given them your word. And the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. So the word hate there means to love less, to detest. The world is going to hate us. They're going to hate. That's okay. Wait, we don't need to get in our world. Hey, no, the world. Jesus said it himself. If they persecuted me as the teacher, they're going to persecute you. But see, in America, we take everything for granted. Because I have my right as a citizen, you are not going to do this to me. But I dare you to go over there, go to Pakistan for about a month and come back. I guarantee you, your, your viewpoint will change. I had the opportunity to minister to a church in Pakistan like two or three times. And their love for the Lord and the Word outweighs anything I've seen in America. They're packed in the, in, the, in the room probably a little bit bigger than this. 
not in chairs, on floors. There's no children's ministry. You got man, woman, and children all on the floor, leaning on each other, waiting for the word. And guess what? Soon as they leave that building, well, somebody they don't know, somebody may come in and kick them out. Just for being a Christian over there. These kids are giving the word on one day, on Tuesday, or on another day, and then got to go to school and get beat up just for being a Christian. Just for being a Christian. But what do we do? Oh, I'll just stay at home watching online. But these people are coming out in the heat, walking. People are really going to church knowing that they may be beaten. And we, 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 we just take it for granted. And not even just taking the we take the reading the word. There are people in China who only have one page. One page. And they devour that one page because that's all they have. And they read it over and over. Because that's the word, that's the only word that they can get. But here in America, we have Bibles everywhere. We got them in stores, we got them in libraries. Some of us got double-digit Bibles, we got on our apps, and we don't even read them. Verse 15. I do not pray, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. So that word evil one, I think King James has just evil. It means hardships, full of labor, bad nature, conditions. Jesus said what? That we pray, deliver us from evil. Right? We live in an evil world. We live in an evil world. The world's supposed to be evil. Why? Because we know 2 Corinthians 4 and 4 tells us that Satan is the ruler of this world. Right? So it's not. We've got to stop looking for a way out all the time. But we have to be like the patriots of old that we read and see we always want the blessings and the things that we see in Hebrews 11 but we don't want to go through what they went through. It took Abraham years for when God spoke to him until he had Isaac. It took years. Some of us can't wait a couple months. <laughs> Right? Then what we do, well, we do like Sarah, and we start trying to help God out, right? <laughs> and we're paying the price for that today. <laughs> right? We see it. We're paying the price for that today. Right? So when we try to help God out, now we're not standing in faith. Now, we may not get to the point where it's like, you know, Arabs and Israelis fighting each other, but there's other consequences in the, in the, in the things that we try to help God that God ain't told us to do. He's telling us to be patient, to wait. So they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. So again, this goes back to what I said the last couple weeks. Right? We're not supposed to be like the world. Again, it's not that we're better than them, but we're not supposed to be like them. Why? Because they are of the world. Right? But we've been transformed. At least we're supposed to be, right? We're supposed to be transformed. Again, we're strangers, we're pilgrims in this world, right? Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is your truth. Sanctify them. In other words, set us apart. 
Set us apart. So how do we get set apart? By the word. That is the truth. Not by our opinions. Not by our thoughts. I mean, we're teaching so much stuff behind pulpits nowadays. I'm like, where's the stuff coming from? Makes me want to, I think I said it before, vomit. Jesus probably wants to vomit. And it's like, huh? Verse 18. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by the truth. Verse 20. I do not pray for these alone. This should be one of your favorite verses, if not your favorite verse. <laughs> I do not pray. Thank you. Amen. <laughs> I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That's us. That's us. So because Jesus prayed it, it's got to come to pass. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Right? So we can't give up. And it's okay to be homesick. Yes. Right? It's okay. We will, yes, it's all right to be homesick, but we still have to continue to pass through. Because God is saying, our time is not yet. I still have a work for you to do. All right, let's finish this up. 21, uh, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. So again, there's a unification of the body is supposed to be. Amen. Right? So, what did Jesus tell the disciples in upper room? That they will know you. They will, they will know that you are my disciples by your love for one another. Yeah. But yet, we don't even love one another. What we call ourselves disciples? Yes. We, we, we got churches that don't even want people of another race there. Mm-hmm. But we want to call ourselves disciples? That's a God? No. We, that, that's, that's a lie. So if we love one another, we need to be respectful of one another. So same thing if another church, even of another denomination, we go and do as the Romans do. We respect the house. We don't go in there and say, oh, they don't allow makeup, so I'm going to put makeup on. That's not, that's rebellion. That's not love. Even when we go to Spanish church, they wear dresses. Now, they don't dress us when we cut. Well, I ain't wearing a dress. (laughs) I just caught myself. They won't judge my wife if she did come in here with pants, but to respect their house, she's going to wear a dress. Again, that's love. But we got people saying, oh, I'm not going to do that. You can't, I know the truth. No. That's rebellion. And rebellion is us. Witchcraft. Yeah, but we don't want to hear that. But that's the word. What was that? Uh, 20. Finished up 21, right? All right, we're going to finish up. Right. 22. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. I am them, and you and me, that they may be, that they may be perfect and one, and that the world may know that you have sent me, and have loved them as you have loved me. So when we come together, look, we're not going to agree on everything. That's okay. 
But it shouldn't be causing division and dissension. It, it, it just shouldn't be that way. Right, we got to stop with the nonsense that is going on be just because and making an excuse. Well, I'm only human. No, we're not only human. That's we're right. Christians because we have the spirit of the Lord on the inside of us. Amen. If you want to be human, go back to being unsaved. Right. Yeah, go back to being unsaved. How can we say we're just only human? We got the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. Right. Where's the conviction at? Right. So there, yeah, I would challenge that. And I hear pastors say it all the time. Not a lot of pastors, a few pastors. I'm not going to put it all on them. But, and because I'm a pastor, I'll say we. Right? We say, oh, I'm only human, it's okay to... No, it's not. Yes, things may be a struggle sometimes. Right? Yes, you may be drawn to, you know, to alcohol and things like that. But again, it's the power of God that will set us free. Amen. Amen. And that's what we have to understand. That's what we have to remember because we are strangers and pilgrims. We don't conform to this world. Right? So as we go through life every day, yes, it's okay to be homesick. But see, part of the I'm giving away part of my message, but late <laughs> for later on. But what helps us not being homesick is coming together. Amen. Coming together. As brothers and sisters in Christ. Why? Because it's like I said before, we're stoking the fire. Right? We, we're keeping each other hot. That's right. Amen. Right? We, 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 we're keeping the flame hot. And we're staying in the presence of the Lord. Amen. So we, we got to avoid things like bitterness, unforgiveness, and those things. And we can help each other through those things. And yes, the power of God is there to bring deliverance. So it's okay to be homesick because I'm homesick. Anybody else homesick? I'm homesick. Some of y'all don't sound like you're homesick. Some of y'all. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> I'll stop right there. We'll, we'll pick up this another time. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Thank you, Lord God. Heavenly Father God. We just thank you for your word, oh, Heavenly Father God. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy, Lord God. For Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that you dwell in us, oh Lord God. We thank you, Father God, that we are just strangers and pilgrims just passing through, oh Heavenly Father God, in the name of Jesus. So I pray, Father God, that we will be reminded, Lord God, to, to spend time with you, Lord God, to spend time with one another, to, to intercede and pray for one, of, one another, Father God, not only here, Father God, but every believer out there, oh Lord God, in the name of Jesus, Father God. So I'm praying even now, Father God, for those that are, are, are being tortured, Lord God. Those who are being persecuted, who are being jailed, Lord God. Who are being beaten, who can't even call the police, Father God, just for being a Christian, Lord God. Lord God, forgive us for not interceding and praying on behalf of our brothers and sisters in the Middle East and throughout these other countries as well, Father God. In the name of Jesus, Lord God. I just pray right now, Father God, that you would just lead us and you just guide us. Lord God, in each and every step of the way, O Heavenly Father God, for Lord God, your word is a lamp unto our feet, O Heavenly Father God. So I'm praying even now, Father God, for any of us that may be growing weary, Lord God, that you will come, Lord God, and flood our hearts even now, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, I'm praying even now, Lord God, that no one here will leave weary, Father God. In the name of Jesus, that no one here will give up in the faith, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, Father God. 
But Lord God, that we would just be on fire for you, O Heavenly Father God. That we will ignite those that we come across, O Heavenly Father God. That they will see the light, the passion in us, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, Father God. That we won't even have to say a word, but they can see it on us, O Heavenly Father God. So I pray even now, Lord God, that your glory, Lord God, your anointing, Lord God, will just fall upon us, O Heavenly Father God. Like, like a like a mighty like Niagara Falls, oh Heavenly Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God. So we just thank you, Father God, for giving us the endurance, giving us the faith, Lord God, giving us the joy, Father God, to continue on despite what we may see in this world, Lord God, despite the lies that are taking place in this world, oh Heavenly Father God. I thank you, Father God, that our, that our minds, that our eyes can see in the Spirit, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, and not look at things in the natural, Father God, in the name of Jesus. So I pray even now, Father God, that you will keep this word on each and every one of our hearts, Lord God, even as we depart this place, oh Heavenly Father God. We pray right now, Lord God, that you will just watch over us continuously, Lord God. Watch over our family members, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, Father God. And I pray right now for peace. Peace in our hearts. Peace in our minds, oh Heavenly Father God. So we thank you for being a good, good Father, oh Heavenly Father God. Thank you for all that you've done and all that you continue to do and all that you will do, Heavenly Father God, in our lives, Lord God. So we just glorify and we praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. I forgot part of my story right when I was a kid. <laughs> I was going to, never mind. I'm not even going to go there now. It would have made you laugh, but. I, I, <laughs> no, so, you know, being a city kid, we don't, we don't do water too much, right? So our pools are, uh, it's like a pool truck that comes by. <laughs> yeah, so it's a pool truck. But anyway, so when I'm out there at their home, so they try and teach me how to water ski. I am crying. So get me out of here. <laughs> get me out. And they finally got me out of there. But yeah. Yeah. So that's again them trying to expose me to stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We don't, we, we don't do water. So people ask me, say, well, why did you join the Navy? I can swim now. Why did you join there? I said, well, shoot. If we sink out there, it's not going to matter anyway. So <laughs> anyway, that's some awesome stuff. <laughs> I digress. But uh, before we depart, anybody need prayer? Anybody need prayer?